Welcome to the Student of the Game podcast, where I sit down with successful entrepreneurs to extract the knowledge you need to increase your income and avoid simple mistakes. You learn from their failures so you don't have to go through the same thing. I hope that you find one thing that can change your life in this episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in today. We've got a special, special guest for you, G2 Sajivan. G2, thank you for being here. I wanted to give a little intro. We connected at a Grant Cardone conference. And one thing that's like really important that I, I try to share with people is how important networking conferences is. And you're, you're going to hear the story and hear the things he's got going on. But G2, thank you for being here. You know, tell us who you are, what you do, and, and how you got started. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Thanks so much for, for doing this. And I'm so glad that we connected at Grant and we, we kept in touch. It's been almost a year now and we're still, mm. still going strong. Yeah, so like, like you said, I'm Jitu. Um, I'm 20 years old. Uh, my story started in India. I, I lived there for 14 years out of my 20 years. I um, was raised by a single mother, uh, which is very tough situation in India because it's it's a place where you don't see that a lot. Um, so went through a lot, you know, struggling to put food on the plate, was scared for most of the time because, you know, there's a lot of crime and especially when it's, when it's a, a household uh, held by a, a single woman, there's a lot more than usual. So it was tough uh, growing up, but I think it also made me very strong. Uh, maybe more mature because I was like the 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 male figure. So story started there. I went to school there, um, and uh, so I I came here six years ago. Uh, I moved here because my dad is here. My, my mom and dad are together, but like my dad wasn't in the picture most time because my dad was working here uh, and trying to feed us while my me and my sister and my mom were back home with our grandparents. So I came here uh, with obviously with an immigrant mindset coming here and just blown away by everything. Like every, like everything that we have, even the small things as like, it's like laptop. I, I don't think I've seen that many laptops in India, maybe like <laughs> one, maybe two, three laptops my whole life, you know? So it's like, everything is just amazed me. School system, incredible. Like everything was organized. Like I remember going to like some of my friends were going to school that had no buildings. It was just sitting on the uh, on the land and kind of learn, you know, like like, like use the soil as as the notebook. Like we, that's what that's how I learned. Um, so yeah, so coming like that here, you know, obviously definitely was. I feel like I was privileged and I feel uh, I was blessed. So I, I definitely took advantage of it. I was like, right, I'm, if I'm here. Um, I got to go all in. So since high school, uh, I didn't speak English well at all. So it was hard. First two years were definitely hard because didn't have any friends, wasn't able to communicate well. So that put a, a huge back for me um, when it comes to making friends or socializing. I was very, I was already a shy kid and it made it worse not able to speak. And, you know, a lot of bullying. I went to a school with was predominantly white and I was like one of the minorities. So uh, a lot of those. And yeah, so second year I'm here, I was a sophomore in, in high school. I joined this program called Bristol Police Explorers, which was like a program that was delegated for young adults that or young youth that wants to be a cop one day or any of those fields. I had no interest, but 
Uh, my mom kind of forced me to do it because she wants me to like talk to people, make friends. So I did that program mm -hmm. and it just completely changed me. Like, absolutely. Like I, I'll give all my credit to that one program because I was a very shy kid. It turned me into a person that I could talk to people and, and like, you know, communicate, like really pushed me to the limit. Like I remember this one police officer told me like, listen, in six months, I'll turn you into a person that could talk to people. And he did in six months that happened. So that was a huge boost because that's what I needed. Because I, ha I had the motivation to do bigger things, but I just didn't have the language barrier. So mm -hmm. once I got that, you know, I, I was going all in. I was I was a president of like five clubs in my senior year. I was running all. I was doing so much for the community, like, mm -hmm. you know, including raising money for homeless people or like whatever they need. I, I was all, all, always in. Um, I was also a big chess player. Uh, I was playing mm -hmm. won the state championship a couple of times, went to nationals a few times. Uh, so it was great, amazing time. Um, was able to get a full scholarship to my college. I uh, don't pay a dime because of the things I did. Um, but like when COVID happened, it was the time where I, I think my life really took a huge leap. So. I was playing, I was playing chess comparatively and all that. And, uh, but when COVID happened, I couldn't play anymore. So I was like, all right, what do I do? And I was always in inspired by people who coaches other kids on how to play chess. Cause I never had a coach. We can never afford one, but I always think like, Oh, you have a coach. You must be, you must be like, you know, very talented player cause you're getting private one-on-one -on -one coaching. So I started coaching a little bit chess. Um, and, uh, it was just on, on the side, like I was trying to do something I was trying to do during COVID. But it really clicked. I, I found out I have a passion for teaching. Uh, and it's something that I could do really well. Um, and I, I did that and and uh, did that for a few months. I Like in two months, I have like 20 kids now that I'm teaching regularly. And it's going great. I was charging them like something like $5 like or something like very cheap. It was un mm -hmm. unbelievable. People make fun of me because... I had a really good ranking in chess and I should be charging like hundred or 200 bucks per hour. But I just, it's my hobby. And I, I never thought I would make money of something that I really enjoyed. So, but uh, then somebody, then we, then I noticed this company called dig USA, which was this uh, very small startup that offer a bunch of teaching classes, like teaching after school program for kids and chess was one of them. And I talked to the owner and like we really connected somehow and and we were like all right let's do something together so i kind of left the chess thing i was doing that i kind of put a pause to all of them i went with this company and and we had such a great partnership that um like we blew away the company and it was during COVID too when people were home i think that we, before i joined the company had like maybe like one chess program but in three years after now we have like probably 40 chess programs. We have 2000 kids that play chess with us. We have a chess team mm. that practice weekly. We have 80 kids in the chess team um, that we practice weekly and we go to tournaments and we do a lot of challenges. We travel, we, go, we, we went to Maryland, we went to Chicago. So we're going to keep traveling for chess tournaments. And we also go to France this summer. We bring our chess kids to France. So um, so this chess company was able to give me a huge opportunity of like able to build something like this is where I learned all my business skills, you know? And the f funny thing is I wasn't even, when I joined the company, I had like one hour lesson and that's all I did. I was, okay. I was, I was happy with it, but some, something in me told me like, all right, this guy, this, 
I could do more with the company. So I voluntarily off, like, I didn't even tell the boss about this. I, I was just emailing people everywhere, left and right. I was contacting schools for free. Nobody ever told me, but I just felt the need to do it. And I did it. And, you know, the company just blew it up. And now I have like in a, a very strong position in the company and we, we have so we have 20, 30 people. Um, and, you know, with that money I earned, I was able to buy my first property at age of 20, uh, mm. my first duplex. And yeah. And like, we're all, we're also a mentors to these kids. So like I've, I have around 200 kids that I mentor on a daily basis. And, you know, I help these kids get scholarships like letter, I help them build many of the social skills that I know I didn't have, like teaching them how, how to run a business at age of eight. Um, but these parents love me. Like they, they love me because they treat me like they're family members. So huge impact. And we do a lot of stuff in Bridgeport, Connecticut, which is a very uh, poor town. Um, and we try to help a lot of kids there because a lot of kids there, they're, uh, they don't have a father figure like I didn't. And, you know, I try to be one of those and even helping so many kids that are like around a thousand kids that we teach for free. So yeah, chess when like, you know, we were using chess, I'm using chess as a tool to mm-hmm. help as many kids as I can. And it's, it's, I love it. It's a love game that I love. And you, you could teach anything through the game of chess because chess, chess, I think chess like a business, you know, you have a bunch of pieces, you have a bunch of employees and you got to put them in the right place to make it go right so that's you know you can learn everything from there yeah would you say it the game of chess also just reflects life in general 100 percent, 100 percent, tim like i it's just uh everything i can like for example the pawn i teach pawn you gotta treat pawn as like a, a little baby you know when, when it's when you, a, a, a child is born can't do much can like go anywhere can like do a little bit of stuff you know you eat cry and that's about it and everybody like say a pawn is the weakest piece in chess, can't do much with it. But when the pawn get to the other side of the board, it can turn into a queen, which is the major piece in chess, like the most powerful piece in the game. So that's why I think about, I try, try, try to teach our kids like, hey, like you might be a child now, but if you do things right with the support of other people in your life, you could grow into something very big or massive, you know? So that's, yeah, 100%, Tim. I think chess is very relatable to life, everything. That, that is a, a great analogy. And yeah. it, it sounds like you're making a really big impact and also building a business out of it as well. I kind of wanted to go back. <laughs> I apologize. My we'll cut this part out. <laughs> I think it was an Amazon package being delivered. Anyway. That's <laughs> funny. Um, is she done? Okay. My new editor, Ben, is going to help us cut this part out. So I'll Let's do that. <laughs> uh, 11. And I'm going to write down what time. Okay. So it sounds like you're making a really big impact teaching a lot of these kids chess and and really building a business out of it. And I kind of wanted to go back a little more to your story. And and I'm really thankful that I know you pretty well, because I think we can take this conversation um, Mm -hmm. and make it into a really good podcast. But just the back to the start when you first came to America from India, don't speak English and and getting to the point where you're confident in speaking English and you just take off. 
Like mm-hmm. you're, you're running all these clubs, you're starting all these things. Like you're getting great ga- grades, getting mm-hmm. scholarships, you know, full ride scholarships to university. So like, wh- what was it in you that got you to that point where the only thing holding you back was the language barrier? And once you got through there, it was just boom, like what, where do you think that came from? And if, and to kind of give you a little bit of a softball, I've seen you share like the, the advantage of being an immigrant and mm-hmm. what that does to your mindset. So would you touch on mm-hmm. that point? Yeah, of course. I think um, my boss like to use this word all, a lot. It's desperate, right? Um, I think people think being in a de- desperate position is a bad thing, but I, I really don't think so. And, you know, like you and I follow Grant. Like, I think Grant always says, like, you should never have money in your bank account because if you, you do, you feel comfortable, right? But if you don't, you feel desperate. I think that was the situation I was in. Even when I came here, we're still like, we're on food stamps and, you know, I, I couldn't sign up for anything, no activities. I have to like do, find ways to do the free things that they're off, offered by other people. So we're in that position where I knew very well that if I want to go to college, the only way for me, for me to make it happen is I, I had to find scholarship. I had to do stuff in, in, in school. Like I had to do something for me to pass more than high school. I mean, back then, I didn't know. I, was, I thought I'm going to be an engineer, right? So I didn't know about business or anything. So I was like, all right. And there was no help for me. Like, we didn't have any family members here. It was just us four. And I didn't have anybody else to talk to about college, you know? So it's just, it was like a big dream that I always wanted to go. But I understood that this is my only way. Like, you know, like my, my I think my parents always tell me that too. I think that was, that made him better. Like, parents like, listen, if you want to go to college and if you want to be successful, you got to find out some way to make it happen. And they always told me, I'm sorry, I can't help you because my parents didn't know anything about it. So I think that desperate situation where I'm like, All right, I got to do something. I got to do something. Like if not, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Like, I mean, like my parents did a lot to bring me to this beautiful country. And like, I can't be a type that's just, you know, doing drugs in the streets. Like I got to make an impact. Mm-hmm. So I think that desperate situation in me where, and we weren't like living in a good place either. So it was like, I see a lot of crimes around me and, and like, I see, I think I see cops every night, uh, like trying in my neighborhood. So, so it's just like, I knew that I, I need to do something. Right. And I think being in India definitely helps a lot because, you know, different country with nothing there, the only way to succeed in India is, if you are on top in the top in top in your, in your class, that's it. That's the only way you could be, you could guess you could be somewhere. Right. And there, there was no athletes, athlete, uh, you know, sports scholarships or like all the things that we have in this country. So I was like, I think seeing growing up in there and coming here, that definitely helped a lot because I could see mm-hmm. my, my sister, for example, she grew up here mostly. I know she and I don't think the same because she grew up here seeing everything where I grew up in a place where we're struggling to buy clothes, right? So I think that definitely made a huge impact. I think every immigrant can relate to my mm-hmm. story about living in a different place and coming here. I think that, that yeah. in desperate situation was the deal, deal breaker for me. Mm. And, and you took it with the right mindset because I see how someone in that situation could take it a couple different ways. Obviously, I was born in America. I, I don't have the same experiences yeah. you had, but you could very easily say we came to this country with nothing we live in a bad area i don't have these opportunities i don't speak the language i'm Mm -hmm. just there's nothing here for me i'm not going to make it and you could completely Mm -hmm. give up 
and, and I see how someone could easily make that decision, but you kind of went yep. the complete opposite direction. Like yep. I, I don't have the opportunities everyone else has. I don't speak the language. That means I need to work mm-hmm. 10 times harder, um, mm-hmm. which now uh, being only 20 years old, you're in a pretty good position just from what I know you've got going on. Mm-hmm. So, so it's really good. And, and I would agree. It is an advantage because mm-hmm. you had to do Huge. that to, to get there. Yeah. Um, so, so let, let's talk a little bit about the chess business. Cause I know it's really exploding now. And like, yeah. how did, how did it go from just a hobby to, you know, you were competing, you were doing competitive chess and ranking really high and winning championships. How did it go to a business and something that you can really scale? Cause, cause you're doing like yeah. literally impacting thousands of kids lives with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think you just said it. I think the reason, so the way I found I could teach something is, I mean, I, I always go to tournaments, right? And I, I see it, like, I see, I mean, I, I feel the way they think about chess, right? Like, we, there's a feeling that you get, like, oh, you're playing a tournament, you're winning a game, you're losing a game. Like, you know, I mean, the, the thing was, when I was playing chess, like, even when I came to this country, like, my parents were working all the time. So for me to go to tournaments, I had to take bus. I had to take like I had to walk mm-hmm. like during the cold weather. I, I remember walking like hours. It's gonna like I mean if if I had a car, it'd be like ten minute drive, right? So, so like I was just doing everything myself, right? I didn't have the need. I, I didn't I didn't I didn't have no other option. But I love the game, so this is my only way to do it. You know, I took the bus, I walk, whatever it takes, right? So I think the 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 way I found is like I have a few kids. Uh, Back then, we were like one to two, two kids that go to tournaments. But I bring the tournaments. But what I really noticed is when they go to tournaments and when they lose, it's different than if you lose and you're there by yourself, it's kind of like a lot to take, especially if it was a game that you're supposed to win and you kind of lose. It happens all the time. But when you are like with other people, like when you have another, another friend in your age playing the game of chess with you, but you lost the game, but you just go and hang out with your friends after the game. I think having that group, it's mm-hmm. huge because that's, that's why every so every single player that I talk, they they in chess we have this uh, ranking system called rating. That's how they they we determine their skill. They have like like pretty much ten x their rating. Every kid that mm-hmm. I worked with, like not every single kid that I worked with that went down with me. So the part of it is like. I put them in a group. They go together. They make friends. Like they make lifelong friends that they they talk to each other every day. Like that they they call they go on play day and play chess. You know they mm-hmm. when the par- the parents hang out for like a drinks they go and play chess. So like I was able to build something where these kids they're making not not only they're learning the game, but they are like becoming friends and the parents becoming friends with each other, and they talk about chess all the time and how they could you know making chess friends. I didn't have that. I was just playing myself. So I think that was the reason that I noticed that earlier on, like I can, it can scale a lot if you have a team mm-hmm. and that, that does a lot of fun things together. And it's huge. Like, you know, this is like, you know, for me, before I stopped playing chess, I didn't have, I had bad grades everywhere, left and right. I was, and I was trying too. It's not like I was, I wasn't trying. I was trying my best to get grades, but I was getting C's and D's. But since I stopped playing chess, it automatically went up to A and and I think the reason why is like I I learned how to think a little different. I think chess players don't think the same mm-hmm. way as everybody else because they they know the strategies. They only they know how to think ahead of moves ahead. They know how they know the value of 
each piece so they could compare them in life. Like what's the value of this versus that, right? So we teach those skills to them. I think, I think all these skill, all these things that I, I learned that I could do with people and also make money to survive for my survival mode. I think that was it. That was like when I realized, all right, I could take this to the next level. Like the, mm-hmm. And the, nobody ever done that before. Nobody ever talked about chess being one of those things. But like I surprise people all the time. Like we're, you know, we're, we're a big, big business now. Like in, in Connecticut, almost every chess player knows us, you know. So uh, and and that's because of what we did, you know. So that's uh, and like I'm always trying to find things. I, I mean, I'm also I like I, I love a lot of other stuff, too. But one thing I really like about chess is nobody ever done it before. Right. It's like I'm the first one to go out and try to make this a nation, nationwide team. Nobody ever, you, you never hear people talking about chess team. Right. So I'm in that process of making that happen because nobody ever done it before. So I'll be the first one to do it. And I like that. I like being somebody who created something new. You know, mm-hmm. so that's, I think that's, those are the reasons I, I like doing this. Yeah. And, and you created a, a community and like an experience to go with yep. it, not yep. just chess lessons so i'm curious what your thoughts are are, is is that what makes it the most successful or or is it really the business operation side of it or or just the experience the customers are getting it's experience it's experience 100 i mean there are other people like coach here and there uh but the reason why we really stands out among like i don't think we we ever had a parent that said bad things about us Uh, maybe i'm sure there is but like i never i I can't think of my head it's all positives everywhere Mm -hmm. And that's because there's a couple of things that we do that other people don't do. One, we're, we're extremely focused on building a relationship with the kid over what we teach. Like we're not, we obviously we do have curriculum and like on what we teach them, but we're more, our first priority, like when we hire a chess coach, we don't care how good they are. You know, that's not our priority. We think like, how good can you be with the kids? Like, are you a person that could build a relationship with the kid and the parent? Because that's what we look for. You know, we don't look for, well, we actually reject a lot of top chess players because like a lot of top chess players, they tend to be like very shy, not able to communicate mm. well. So we try to stay away. We try to, like we have young coaches that that that, have, that barely know how to play chess, you know, but like they could build a good relationship with the parent. And that really mm. stands out because like everybody, all the 2,000 kids in the program, they know me. Every Kids knows me. The parents knows me really well you know it got to a point where like I, I go to dinner with them every week every week i'm going to dinner with some different parents i think building a very good relationship and being the mentors right like I, I i give advice to the kids in front of parents like this is what they should do in instead of this right so build give making it and making it really fun you know i mean it, chess lessons like we don't just if it's one hour chess lesson we don't just teach for one hour you break it down first five ten minutes it's mandatory icebreakers like you, that's where you build a relationship with the kids. The next 10 to 20 minutes is when you teach. So we only teach for 20 minutes out of the whole hour. And the reason why is so we did teach 20 minutes and the next 20 minutes, we help them apply what they learn in their game. So they actually mm-hmm. play a game. So teaching time for us is only 20 minutes. And then we help them apply in the game immediately. You know, we believe in doing that, teach something and apply, teach something and apply. And so teaching a bunch of things, and like they forget half of those. And you gotta remember, remember these are kids. They're not gonna remember mm-hmm. everything you assess. Like you gotta show them how it works. So mm-hmm. so that definitely hundred percent like like we stands out by that. Like we are the only people that do that. I don't think any other chess club does that. So that we are huge on building a relationship with the kids. You know. 
Yeah. And you're rapidly seeing results and improvement in their skill set. 100%. Yeah. We're, mm -hmm. we're seeing it because they love us. Most of our, our kids, we are like their favorite coaches out of all the programs they do because, you know, they, they love being with us. I mean, they love it. And what we, what do we all love? Chess, right? I think that, that definitely, like, I, I know kids that tell me, tell their parents, like, hey, I got to play chess with Coach Jithi told, told me to. Like, my parents tell me all the time, like, their kids are playing nonstop, nonstop chess because I told them to do it because mm -hmm. people have the relationship where they, they feel like they got to listen to me. I, mean, I have parents, my parents call me saying that, hey, Jithi, my kid is not behaving well. He's getting into, into like bad behavior. Can you please talk to him? And I talk to them all the time. I talk to them and listen. Hey, Sebastian, you can't do this. You know, you got to, you got to see what you're good at, you know, and they listen to me. They seem to be listening to me more than their parents because I'm also a coach now, now living with them. So I think that that definitely made a huge, huge impact for us. And yeah, we're seeing mm -hmm. it every day. Like when parents love, if, if parents see their kids are really happy, what are they going to do? They're going to go tell other parents about it. Like mm -hmm. most of our business is like referrals now. I don't go out. Back then it was like me going out and bringing people. But now it's just like, I get like five to six people contacting me every day. You know, I can't keep up with those people. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, that's huge. I think that's huge for us. Mm -hmm. So how did you fall in love with chess? Chess, uh, for me, when I was in India, uh, I think chess, it was it was a game that helped me forget stuff or what I, what I was going through. Like, uh, when we had rough times, like, extremely hard times in India, uh, things were pretty bad. But when I played the game of chess, it kind of helped me forget what's going on and just focus on something that I love. And I still play chess and, and I, I tend to play chess tournaments when I'm, when I'm going through a lot, because when you go to chess tournaments, it requires you to turn your phone off and you're not on your phone for like hours, right? You're just, all you're thinking about is chess and chess. Like there's no people around you. You just see a chess board and the person next to you, right? It's like, it, it just takes everything out of you. Like, like no distraction, you're not talking your to mind. people. Yeah, it's just like kind of like meditation. For me, chess is a meditation, and I love it. I mean, back then it was just it was like a pain reliever, you know, like trying to feel good for once, and I loved that. It. it like it got me so much recognition, like especially um, getting a lot of hate being in India and raised by just one mom in a house. It was a lot of hate in that neighborhood but then i started becoming a person like everybody knows me now like because i'm chess oh you're the chess guy you're like in the newspaper you're like on the you're winning so many stuff like it's giving me so much value to me that i know i couldn't i would be the same person as i'm right now if chess wasn't in my life it's opened so many doors and and i want the kids the kids that i teach to have the same impact on them you know so yeah that's how i found to chess did you have a mentor that that taught you what you know in chess or how did you develop that skill Just yeah I mean, there, uh no actually it's funny because i used to be a kid that so bad getting into fights every day like not focusing on school very bad like i i, I see my mom coming to pick me I'm re i remember when i was in third grade my mom will come to my school my principal call will call my mom saying that hey you gotta get your kid out of here because he's just too violent for us so like, and I, I see my mom crying. I'm like, what, what do I do with this kid? <laughs> He's just causing trouble every two days. Um, and so I was very violent. And I actually thought chess 
because I, I also like to call myself a popular kid back then. So I didn't want, chess was considered like a, a nerdy game, like this will do. So I, I, was, I, was, I refused to go to the chess club that my mom wanted me to go. For a long time, I said, no, 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 no. But then he, she finally forced me to go to this class. And the chess coach there, like, uh, he definitely had a huge impact on my life. He, he taught me everything about it, chess. You know, he taught me until a point where I, I, I stopped beating him. So, uh, but he definitely had a huge impact. You know, I, I love the game with them. Like he, his passion. Um, and yeah, so I, that was my first mentor about chess. But, but then I have the, the, the owner of Dig USA. I, he definitely, he taught me everything about the business side of what I need to know, like a, a lot about business. So yeah, these two people, I think, uh, and also parents, my mom, 100%, like, even though my mom was the one that told, pushed me to go to um, that police thing that I didn't want to do. So, you know, my mom, like all these people definitely had a huge, huge impact. I mean, yeah, I don't think you could ever do anything without having a mentor. You got to have somebody that's showing you what's right. And, you know, I think somebody's trying to push you for sure. Mm. And then now that you teach chess, do you think it's making you a better chess player? Yeah. So, uh I don't know if it's making me a better chess player, but I understand chess better. Um, mm-hmm. Before it was all about, all right, you make moves, you learn about strategies. You, but now I'm just comparing chess so much to life that it's it's like a it's literally a life to me. Like you know, um, like I understand that um, you need to be patient. Like anytime I, I can't find a solution to a problem I'm dealing with, I just compare that to chess board. I'm like, okay. If I'm in a position where it's a lot of uncertainty, you don't know what's going to go up. Like you don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't know what to do. What's my next move. So I'm like, okay, what do I do if that was a chess game? Like if I'm in a position where like, I really don't know what to do. They meet one of the solutions is like, you just wait, you know, you wait, you just wait, you make a random move. Like we call it a uh, uh, waiting move. You just make a move that doesn't make sense. It's, you're just waiting. Right. And I do that in life. I'm like, all right. Yes. If I, if I don't know, if I don't know what to do exactly, just, just wait, you know, something will come up and all, something will always come up. You know, if your opponent will make a mistake or a new opportunity will come. So like waiting, so stuff like that. I think I, I understand chess better. Like it, it, I'm, I'm always using mm-hmm. it as a tool to find a solution to all my problems, um, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. I think it's, it's yeah. huge. Yeah. And, and I think that's with most skills is, teaching it is the best way to become an expert and understanding yep. it as it teaches yep. to others repeatedly. And then you, you really understand it at that point. Yep. Uh, and when you were talking about that and just relating it to life and your business yep. and just things that are going on in general, um, you think it helps you with like thinking ahead. I, I think of Patrick Bed David's book, your next five moves and on the cover, mm-hmm. he's got the pieces like, life is like the game of chess you need to think a couple moves ahead do you think that that kind of mindset translates to your other businesses which we can talk about here in a second because i know you've got some other things going on yeah 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 for sure uh oh 100 like uh yeah like the way i think about it is like um when you attack in chess you don't want to you just don't want to attack with one piece you got to be prepared right you got to be like like you got to have other things. Like if something happened to one, like if something happened to your knight, you got to make sure you have some, some other piece to keep the tag going. I mean, that's what I do with like, you know, chess is as much as I love chess. I don't want it to be my only thing because God forbid something happened to me. Then I'm like, and I'm not waiting to attack anymore. I, mean, I think like everybody says, 
is that in a fight with the life, you know, they're fighting every, every, every day, you know, trying to make something happen. So, yeah, so I, I, I do other stuff uh, that kind of keep me going. Like I have, I'm a real estate agent. You know, I help a lot of people buy houses, sell, rent it, whatever it is. Um, I'm also a life insurance agent, you know, which is uh, another passion of mine because a lot of people don't think about what's going to happen if one of the significant other just disappeared. You know, like how, how, like how is the family going to survive? Um, and I also, I invest, I'm also an investor. You know, I, I invest in properties. I do Airbnb. Like, so, so for me, like, I always think like, like chance of me going jobless is pretty low because if my chess business is shut down for whatever reason, you know, I could go and do real estate full real estate agent full time or being an investor full time. If those shut down, like and my life insurance, right? And if all those shut down, I learned so many skills with these businesses yeah, that figure something I could <laughs> I just go and do another one. So I think yeah. like putting yourself in a multiple position multiple uh feels i think it gives you more leverage on skills and you know kind of selling yourself more like you know it's not like you're not walking you're not talking to a client saying that hey i only offer chess what if they don't have they don't have a kid they want to learn chess but they might Mm -hmm. be married they might need a life insurance to plan ahead for their life or they're looking to buy their first property which i'll do as a real estate agent you know so i think you you have i have more to offer you know it's like but i I, I, I told this one of my friend the other day that I feel like it, nowadays when I get on a phone call, there was like very slim chance I get a no. You know, I might call them for chess, but then say, oh, I'm not interested in chess. But like, I'm like, hey, did you know that um, I'm also a real estate agent? Uh, would it help for you if mm-hmm. I give you an analysis on your, kind of your property? And if they say no, then I'm like, did you also know I'm a life insurance agent? So I think uh, that definitely helps for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and the one business that is already has the proven track record and scalability kind of just helps you scale those relationships. It's one, yep. of, one of the things we talk about all the time in, within our business is the, the first foundation of wealth creation is increasing your income. And the yep. easiest way to increase your income is to know more people and solve their yep. problems. For sure. uh, so, so really just having those relationships and, and, and that's not why you do it, but like mm-hmm. with the, the chess business you have all these families all these parents yep. at some point they're all going to move mm-hmm. and either either mm-hmm. sell a house or need an apartment or buy a house yep. at at some point it'll make sense for all of them to have life insurance in place if they don't so mm-hmm. so you, you're setting yourself up in a pretty good spot to really help Absolutely. help anybody with what's going on because that that's similar to what we do so like our our main business is an accounting firm Everybody mm-hmm. in this country has got to file a tax return. We can at least mm-hmm. help them with that. Mm-hmm. We also have a life insurance branch. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to yeah. die. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the, the two things, the two things in life you can't avoid are taxes and death. So that's right. kind of the industries we're in. Uh, mm-hmm. We're in the real estate industry. We buy apartments. Mm-hmm. You know, people are always going to need somewhere to live. Mm-hmm. And our clients, if we're helping them save money on tax, they kind of want to put mm-hmm. it somewhere. If yep. the right opportunity come, uh, right opportunity comes up, mm-hmm. they can put it in a real estate deal, you know, as a partner with us. So, yep. it, it's it's good to not do too many things and spread yourself thin, but it's also mm-hmm. good to have, you know, a lot of different ways it you balance. can help people. Yeah, because exactly. they, they might you could talk, you could meet someone and they don't have any kids. They're not interested yep. in chess, yep. uh, but they're looking to move. You yep. know, you can help them out there. 
or exactly. you know they they have the realization they need life insurance. You can help yep. them out there, like For whatever. Sure. Um, so I like that. That's pretty cool. And was that your intent when you got into these things? Like like I need some other things to help these people, or did it kind of just naturally happen? I think kind of naturally happened. Um, one way or the other, I don't think I, I was never intended to to do uh, other stuff along with my chess business. But once this chess got to a point where it's, it's going really good um, and I started getting other coaches, I find myself having a little more time than usual. So I was trying to spread myself around. I mean, these are things I loved, right? I mean, I, I love real estate. I love buying property. I love – and the thing about I got in life insurance is because um, I'm helping a lot of kids, but I never really helped out, like, adults much, as much as I, I help out the kids. So that was my way of, like, helping adults. Um, I'm all about helping people. Like, what do I could do, you know, like, like I'll do for free if I could, you know, help somebody out in, in some way or other. So th- that's because I felt like I was missing out when I was just doing kids. I'm like, oh, I got to do something for the adults, right? Then, I mean, it took me a couple of years. I mean, I got, I, got a, I was fully focused on just chess, 100%, like going all in with it to a point where I could step out a little bit now and do other stuff. So, but yeah, I, I think it's important um, to have one main thing and have a lot of energy going there. Like for me, it's just chess is my, still my main thing. Like if a real estate client calls me and a chess client calls me, I'll pick up the chess first. Um, so, I mean, it's still my main thing and I um, I do other things on the side. Yeah, I think I think it's still important. Like my, you know, my goal with chess has been like, I haven't achieved everything I wanted to. I mean, we're pretty big in Connecticut. I mean, we're just kind of getting into New York a little bit, but I want to like spread it out to other other places. Hopefully, I can make it nationwide one day. So that's still my focus. I'm still trying to build that while I'm meeting people in real estate. I mean, I think it's also helping me because I'm meeting people in real estate that might want chess. I'm meeting people in life insurance that might want chess. So like, I'm 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 like increasing my demographics to all kind of people. I think that's that's definitely helping for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So what what are some of your big goals? What are you most excited about for this year? Yeah, so uh, most excited is like I, I really um, so right now we have um, seventy kids in our Digali chess team. We did that in one year. I want I want to get it to like four hundred kids by end of this year, which I think is mm-hmm. pretty doable. And I mean, way we go is we'll definitely hit four hundred easily, and have multiple branches. Like we we have two branches now. You know, just our chess team. Now now the Digi was we have a lot of other branches for dig, but our chess team has two branches. Um, I want to expand that to a lot more. Like we have, we're working out a couple of locations. Um, but yeah, I have, I have pretty good, big goals in real estate. I want to buy, I want to add another 20 units to my portfolio this year. So I'm working on getting in those and um, yeah, I do some big, uh, big sales as an, as an agent too. Um, I want to I have 45 transactions by end of this year. So um working on those but yeah chess is the main thing um if, one, if there's one thing that I, i'm gonna go all in it'd be the chess you know and um um i don't know who said this but uh for somebody i think it was keller uh keller williams he said this uh your first you should focus on your first priority and everything else is a, is a distraction until you get to the first one so my full mm-hmm. focus is still on chess until I get to a point where it's good and it could get to get to my goal. Then I'll start focusing on the stuff. I got you. Yeah. Well, 
you've got a lot going on. It's going well. I'm just curious, like, what what are some of your fears with starting businesses and ventures like this, or if if any? Yeah, no, I, I definitely have fears just like everybody else. I know I have uh, start questioning myself a, a lot when I started. I'm like, is this gonna work? And I think I think this is a huge that I I I get I used to get advice from the wrong people almost 100 percent of the time. You know, like I I will talk to people who never done business about business advice. Right. I think that I learned, I learned definitely from Grant that that's, that's a huge mistake. Like I used to get advice from my parents about stuff, but I don't do that anymore. Uh, I, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not bad, but like, you know, mm. the whole college, whole the business, like I didn't ask my parents what I should do. I just asked other people who did it and just go with it. Mm. And I think um, before I used to be a person who thinks a lot before I make a decision, but right now I, I, I'm the type of person that I'll jump into it if I really want to do it. You know, I jump into it and mm. I'll make stuff happen. I think that's huge because, like, I feel like once you're presented an opportunity, but you don't take it right away, what's going to happen is you're going to go home and always think about it and your mind will tell you like, not to do it because you have all this stuff going on and not take the opportunity, you know, uh, and kind of walk away from it. So, like, for me, like, you know, if I like something, I'll do it within the first 24 hours. I'll make the decision. I'm doing it or not. There's no like, oh, I'll get back to you or give me a give me a few months. I don't do any of those. I just do it or not, not do it, you know. Mm. So I think uh, fear-wise, so yeah, I, I have a lot of fears about doubting myself. Like, uh, I come from India. I can't do this. I'm like, you know, like I can. Back then, I didn't even speak the language. So I definitely had a lot of fear to myself. But I think it. I'm sure you know Tim. Like starting a, a very successful, starting a business and running it pretty successful, it requires a lot of trust in yourself, right? People will tell mm-hmm. you not to do it. I think every successful business person has a story about how people said they shouldn't do it, right? So you just you, you need to have a huge trust, and and also a mindset of like you know whatever it takes if that requires me to like stay home every weekend and do work or that requires me to like cut all my friends. I lost a lot of friends in the last two years. Like I probably, yeah, I lost 95% of my friends because I'm not communicating with them regularly. But mm-hmm. I think it, it also helped me because I mean, like I, now I just go to classes and that's it. I don't hang out with people because those like, I'm sure you do. We think so differently than a typical college student. Like, it's hard I, to relate. It's hard to relate. Hard sure to other Very, 20 year olds and uh, yeah i'm 22 myself I'm yeah right it's, there with it's you. like yeah it's just different like when you talk to them like i don't know it just sounds like they have a long way to go with the thinking you know so like uh i think it's important like whatever you do you just got surrounded with people who are who done that so much better than you like already done it you know i think uh that's the best way to like stop self-doubting and don't tell people like if you're starting a business and don't tell like your employees, like people who are, like work nine to five, that oh you're starting a business. They're obviously gonna say no, because they never tried it before, and they're comfortable with what they're doing. So you you never know what's out there unless you explore it. So yeah, I think uh, that's huge. I really love something you said. You have to be a quick decision maker if you yeah. want to be successful. And a lot of that ability to make quick decisions just comes from the belief in yourself and the belief exactly. in your ability to make it work and make income in the business and keep it afloat and, and be successful. Cause if you, 
even if even if the decision is no, like if you're making a decision, the decision is no, you have to have belief that everything else is going to go right. And it doesn't matter if you just missed out on a, mm-hmm. you know, the biggest opportunity of a lifetime because of the direction you're going in. Exactly. So I think it's, exactly. that's super huge is just, just yeah. make decisions as, as cut time out of the equation. And that's a, that's a sales thing. Like you want to tell people, yeah. it's like, just let's just cut time out of the equation, make the decision. Make if you decision. say no, it's okay. No is my second favorite answer. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> waiting, waiting's not going to help anybody. And yeah. especially if you're doing something that is going to help people, uh, yep, for sure. just, just cut time out of it. So I like another that. thing I notice is like, uh, I feel like I notice this every day. Like people always tell like, Oh, I wish I d- did this. I wish I made a better decision. Like, I mean, I, I, everybody's like, I wish I did something better in the past. And I'm like here thinking, so what? There's nothing you could do to change it. Right. I mean, you're spending, you're wasting so much time talking about what something happened in the past and how it could, could have been done better. Like, mm-hmm. you, just, you learn from it and move on. Like, do the next thing. Like, you lost $50,000. You lost it. I mean, like, what are you going to do now? You're just going to go back and get it. Like, it's gone. Right. And it's, yeah. just move on. I think that's, that's the thing. Um, I've been trying, I tell my kids all the time, like, you know, if you make a bad move, just forget about it. Come on, just keep moving. Like, why are we mm-hmm. just, Keep worrying about something happened in the past, and that's it, I noticed it makes that, things that a lot easier. of those. Yeah, <laughs> it makes yeah, things easier come, when you think that way. Yeah, um, just keep moving on, you know. Yeah, and being willing to move like that mm-hmm. does often put you into better situations. And I think even just with investments, like I've yep. lost money before, and yep, that sure. that money's never coming back. It's gone. Whatever, most of it from cryptocurrency. So yeah. that experience of losing money and just not having to worry about it because I know I can mm-hmm. go make more doesn't yep. keep me from making other investments. Exactly. You know, like, and, yeah. and also it, it makes it easier to make investments, especially investments in myself. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. I know I can at least get some value out of this. And, and I've mm-hmm. lost this, this, I've lost this amount of money before. So it's okay. Right. Right. <laughs> that's, that's right, right. I look at a lot of things. I think everything will teach you something. You just, yeah, I think people need to just focus on, okay, you lost money, but what did that teach you? Did you learn anything? Of course you did. You just got to find what you learned, you know, mm-hmm. and just move on. Because that lesson might be worth that much money, you know? Like, I mean, I learned lessons where it's worth a lot of money if I, if I didn't know about it, right? So you just pay for the lesson. You know, that's what, mm-hmm. that's the way I think about it. Everybody needs to pay for something. Yeah, that's one thing people talk about a lot. I hear it the most in real estate just because I listen to a lot of real estate things is when you lose money on a deal or maybe you put money down on a deal and as earnest money and you lost it, you had to back out of it and completely lost that money. It's just tuition. It's like paying for your education, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, So kind of wrapping it up here, is, is there any last advice you wanted to cover or talk about just for someone Let's just say someone kind of our age, 18 to 24, want to be entrepreneurial, but not really sure how to start or if they should start or what they should do. Because I feel like the the perspective you have would be really helpful to someone, even someone younger than that, but just that kind of person, the around yeah. our age, but not yep. quite doing what you're doing. Yep. No, for sure. I think there's one more thing I want to add. Um, I'm... So I, currently I live in um, uh, in Stamford, Connecticut, which is like so close to New York City. Before I was, uh, the college I go to is UConn. I was going to the main campus, which was 
so far away. It's like in the middle of nowhere. And um, when I was there, like I was thinking so much differently. Like I was thinking like a typical college kid. Every changes that happened to me, it's like in the last 12 months, you know, and like the biggest, like last one month been our biggest year for everything for me, like real estate, chess, like life skills, everything, right? I think a huge, a huge uh, thing is uh, for you to be successful or like, what do you want to do? You got to start surrounding yourself with the people that think the same way. When I was at UConn stores um, on my main campus, I was not thinking about scaling or real estate. I was thinking about like, how should I go to party tonight? Or should I, which club should I go to? I have four options. Which one should I go to? Right. Or should I like, spend all my night just talking about girls at my, at my friend's dorm? Or like, what, what should I do? That, that, those were my options. Right. And I hated it. I always knew in my mind, like I'm supposed to do big. So if you're like, especially if you're trying to like be an entrepreneur, I think it's very hard if you're just in college and you're like surrounded with a bunch of people that just want to get by and go to party. I think you got to surround yourself with other people, more successful people. You know, like I made a major decision to move down, my, go to a small branch school. So like I was leaving all my friends, everybody I know in my life, you know, to go to a city where I don't know anybody. Right. Uh, and like I got to like kind of start over with friends and everything. And I did that for my chess business. And it's been the best decision I made. I think it's important you surround yourself with people that think the same way. And willing to take the action. I, I know a lot of people that think the same way as I do, but they don't. They're not. They don't. They're not willing to take action. They get. They get backed by it, you know. And and also like stop thinking and just start doing something, you know. Like stop thinking and take action. Like you could think all night, all day, like about oh I, how I should build the business. Oh, I should I should write everything down. Like like here's the thing. I, I run Chester. This, this might sound bad, but like you know, like I know people who just. Like when I run chess tournaments, we, we do a lot. We do one the Sunday. You know, somebody else that's running chess tournaments, they, they were like, oh, I need two months ahead of time to plan everything. Like I got to tell people. You know, I, I tell my people one week before the tournament, like, hey, we're doing a tournament. Like I make that quick decision. I make it happen. Every my, All my tournaments, we made so much money. Like we never lost money. We never lost money from my, any chess event or big event because, you know, like even if it's a week before, like you, you go and contact so many people. Like you, you can make stuff happen. You know, like I think people have to spend so much time preparing uh, for for something, and then uh, so what happens is when they when you prepare a lot, you feel like oh, I did all my work. I should be good. I don't, I don't need to worry about anything. But things happens all the time. You know, like you go to an event, like your computer is not working, Wi-Fi is not working. Those are things you just can't control it, right? Mm -hmm. So you. you I think the biggest thing is having a mindset saying that I'm going to solve any problem that comes, come to my event. You know, like I'm going to solve everything. And, you know, you know, like that's what we do. Like we, 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 we just make stuff happen. We, we talk less and we make stuff happen. A lot of people yeah. say like talk, 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 and nothing will ever happen. You know, I think like those are two things. One, surround yourself with the right people and two, like talk less and actually do something, you know? That's yeah. So in order to surround yourself with more people that have the right mindset and are forward thinking the direction you want to go, what is, what's some action someone could take to start surrounding themselves with people like that? Yeah. So first of all, like you got to find what you like. Uh, if that's it could be baseball or you, know, you want to be a pro baseball player, well, yeah, go and hang out with people, big, big coaches and 
and the big big teams. You know, I mean, you, you you're probably not gonna be good. Uh, and I mean, sometimes it requires you to spend money, and that's the huge thing. People not people don't want to spend money um, to do something. You know, like it might cost you a lot of money, but like that's something that that's literally a ticket for you to mm-hmm. surround yourself with some other people and guarantee success. That's where I think about it. Like it's yeah, literally guaranteed success. You can buy any network you want. Exactly. You could buy into any of them. Go to networking events. Many of them are free. I think they should charge for all of them. Like people got to know. Like I think when you spend your money, you you care about it a lot. Like you you're like, oh shit, I spent my money. I gotta I gotta get something out of this. If not, I lose my money. I think I like that. You should like. I agree. We gotta stop giving these free stuff. I actually make people pay. You know, get get that money out there because they they will feel the need, and um, and doing that because I I work with some towns where there's a lot of support, which is great. But I know some towns where like they give a lot more support than they needed, right? Like they give everything for free, which is I don't think is a good idea because the one the the kids do those programs don't appreciate it because they're not paying for it. And two, parents not gonna push it either because they're not paying for it, right? I think so. Yeah, I think one of you uh, find finding what you like. It could be something even small, like you like music. Uh, you know, take it to the next level. Go to a bunch of concert. You know, like meet people that. And if you if you like real estate, if you like real estate, you should definitely be hanging out, going to networking events, hanging out with the real estate agents. That's what I do. I, I call so many. When that's on real estate, I was just calling so many agents, learning new things from each agent. Right. Uh, so like, or if you like, um, you know, I think uh, you, you just got to find things to do. Like don't just do that. The way I think about it is, all right. I just try to do things that's not normal. Right. Like for example, if you are um, like, I had an internship my freshman year, my first year uh, at, at Xfinity, which is not normal for college kids, a college kid first year, they tell you, I like, just focus on these studies and you'll be good. But I went out of my way to find an internship because I know that's not something that other people do. Because I feel like when you do something that other people don't do, you have less competition and you have more chance mm-hmm. of selling it. So I really try to do stuff that other people are not willing to do, you know, and really go all after that. You know, I think that's huge. Yeah, that's good. Just going above average because average exactly. average, sucks. average sucks. I've been saying it that. Sucks. <laughs> think when you think of most things and use the word average to describe it you're not thinking of positive things like average income average car average house like not not that those things are super important but you're not thinking good things when i say the average income in the united states so um you got to be above average and you got to hold yourself to a higher standard but i kind of wanted wanted to touch off of what you said networking events nine times out of ten are free Yep. And there's yep. so many events for whatever you could possibly be interested in. Yep. It, it, it'll it blow your mind. Like you could probably get a thousand people together for, I don't even know, like the dumbest thing. <laughs> I, yeah. I can't even think of something. For sure. No, for sure. Um, so so the, there's definitely a way to just get out there. It's not going to cost you anything but your time to go meet people mm-hmm. and be surrounded by people who are maybe just a little bit ahead of you and where you want to go. Mm-hmm. You can learn how exactly. to get there and, and, and be introduced to the people they know. So that that's huge. I tell people like you just need to meet more people if you have big goals and the easiest way to reach your goals is to help a lot of other people reach their goal. 
Exactly. And then it just naturally exactly. happens for you. For sure. So we covered some good stuff. Got got some yes. good wisdom for a couple of 20-year-olds over here. Yeah. Uh, is, is there anything yeah. you want to finish with or um, where could people you know, find out more about you and get connected with you? Yeah. So, I mean, I would love to connect with everybody that I, I can. That's, that's my biggest passion. You know, you could, you could, you could, I have Instagram. My Instagram is uh, G2 underscore uh, chess estate. So G2 J I T H U underscore chess and estate combined real estate and chess. Um, nice. If you're, yeah, that's the best way to contact me. I'll, I'm happy to answer any, any more thoughts. And I think the last thing I'll say is um, time is your biggest money. I think you gotta like if you're not keeping track of your time, like if you're doing budget for your money, but you're not keeping track of how many hours you're spending on some stuff, then you're losing money every every day. I think I, I mean for me, like I'm not, I don't really track my money. You know, other people do for me, but for me, my biggest concern is uh, I track my time every day. I'm like writing down, all right, where did I spend my time, right? And cut down like, like it's like if you have a batch description. Like if you, if you, if I spend so much time on social media, that's a bad subscription. I got to cut it down, right? I'm wasting my, uh, my time on it. So I think treating time as your money is huge and actually keeping track of where your time going over where your money is going. I think that'll make it come back. Yeah. Well, that's great advice. I appreciate you taking the time to come speak to everyone that is willing to listen, um, connect with G2 on Instagram, send him a message start a conversation he's a great guy got a lot of stuff going on and thank you for listening we'll end it here thank you so much Tim. thanks for tuning into the student of the game podcast if you listen all the way to the end i would love your feedback the best way to connect with me is to reach out through instagram leaving a thumbs up or a review on whichever platform you're tuning in from will really help this podcast reach more people so if you found it valuable at all all i can ask is that you would do that for me thanks until next time